Hey guys, welcome to the Sermonary Podcast. I am your host, Josh Taylor, and today we're going to be doing something a little bit different. I am normally interviewing other leaders or pastors on the podcast, and today I'm going to be by myself, going solo with you guys. And it might be a little bit more personal today. Uh, you know, over the last couple of weeks, we've been, we've been talking about a specific issue, and honestly, with Sermonary and with our sister company, Ministry Pass, these two brands really exist to to help with a problem that we see, and the problem is pastoral burnout. We're we're we've talked about it until we're blue in the face. It's so alarming the the pastoral burnout rate and how quickly it happens. If you listen to the podcast episode that I did last time with Jack Hester, he talked about the two professions with the highest burnout rate are nurses and pastors. And usually we really see it in the service industry, people who are just giving themselves and giving themselves to other people and often not even seeing a whole lot of appreciation in return. And so you're seeing high burnout rates among them, even with uh, pastors. And so we want to talk about that a little bit more today because a friend of mine, uh, Lynn, he sent over, Lynn is a, a former pastor and a really great writer, and he sent over a checklist, basically 10 signs that you're on the fast track to burnout. And I want to, I just want to go through these with you because I think this is a helpful tool. And at the end of this, I'll offer a couple of tips on what to do if you resonate with these 10 signs of burnout. So as we go through this, the reality is, is we understand you know, there's so many pastors and so many ministry leaders that just feel like they're they're barely hanging on by a thread, and uh, you know the 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 stats of burnout are shocking because it's a real deal and because it's affecting so many pastors. It's a, it really affects the church and the effectiveness and the influence of the church when leaders are burning out and often not even realizing that that's what it is. For me, I went through that. I was in pastoral ministry for 15 years, most recently as an executive pastor for 11 years, and I went through a burnout process a couple of times, not realizing that that's what it was. And then finally, at the end, and I don't know if it came with maturity or just the right leaders around me, realized I'm burnt out. That's what this is, and that's what I'm experiencing. And, and, and I can relate to most of these things that we're going to talk about today, and you probably can too, especially if you're kind of teetering on the cliff of burnout. And so we're going to walk through these, and if you can relate to these, then use this as a warning sign, not to resign, not to quit, but to find some rest, uh, to do something about this so that you it doesn't get to that point or something even worse, and you make a decision, a poor decision that affects the, the future of your ministry. So here's the first one. You're out of gas. You feel out of gas in every way possible. You just feel empty. You're spiritually weary. You're physically spent. You're emotionally exhausted. You're creatively void. You can't, you have writer's block every time you sit down to write a sermon. You're relationally, your, your relationships are suffering. It's sadly, the, the metaphor that resonates with a lot of weary pastors is the image of a gas gauge with the needle hovering just above E. Maybe you feel like you're on empty all the time. And maybe you feel like there's nothing left in the tank and it's not, it's not filling up fast enough. You just feel spent all the time. The next one is your experience is nothing short of short. One of the things that I noticed when I was teetering on the edge of burnout was I would, I would get moody. I would have this short fuse. 
stupid things would irritate me. The smallest, silliest little things would just irritate me. I would get so frustrated with people. I would get so aggravated with people. And sometimes, yeah, maybe they did things that should have aggravated me, but I often overreacted to those things because I was experiencing this burnout. So maybe you feel like all of a sudden now you have a short fuse, that little irritations are are sparking these big reactions that probably uh, shouldn't, shouldn't be there. Uh, and so, uh, so yeah, one of the, one of the responses to burnout is this short fuse. The next one is you've got that Scarlett O'Hara syndrome. So if you've seen the movie Gone with the Wind, you probably recognize a quote or, or a quote, some, something like this. I'll think about it tomorrow. After all, tomorrow is another day. So you've got this Scarlett O'Hara syndrome where you're just procrastinating everything. There are conversations that you know you need to have. Maybe there's a conversation that you need to have with that passive-aggressive board member. Maybe there are decisions that you need to make that you just keep postponing and pushing off. Maybe there are responsibilities or projects that you need to get done, and you're just pushing those off. And, and honestly, it's just a whole lot easier to just take the remote and turn on Netflix and do some thoughtless activities to distract yourself from all of the things that you keep pushing off. Uh, so maybe, you know, we all procrastinate, you know, we, 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 there are things that we just don't want to do. That's a natural part of it, but maybe you've really noticed it. It's gotten worse over the last few months or even maybe the last few years that procrastination is just, it's just your typical response to things. Now, the next one is you've forgotten how to have fun. I love to have fun, especially with people that I care about. I, I loved having fun with our staff. We would we would do outings. We staff retreats were my favorite thing because we would work most of the day. Sometimes we would take a long break during the day. A couple of guys would go surfing. We would we would play cornhole in in the backyard. You know, just different things. And then at night we would just have fun. We'd go eat. We'd go. You know, we were usually going down to the beach here in Lower Alabama, and so there's a lot of different go karts and those kind of things. We would just have fun together, and and maybe you're just getting to a place where that just that's not appealing to you. You've forgotten how to have fun. You've forgotten how to enjoy time with yourself. You've forgotten how to enjoy time with the people that you love and the people that you care about. You might even be around upbeat people who are quoting inspirational quotes from Zig Ziglar and John Maxwell, and you all you can think is what Scrooge says of, of "Bah humbug." The next one is you realize Al Pacino's got nothing on you. I love the way that Lynn puts that. Al Pacino's got nothing on you. The reality is, is you feel like you're just being an actor. That, you know, that, that you're just, you're acting like a pastor, but you're not really feeling like a pastor. You're, you're faking it till you make it all the time. There was one pastor that admitted this. He said, I thought if I kept doing caring things, my caring pastoral heart would eventually catch up. Then one day it was like I had an out-of-body experience. I saw my external self, the cordial minister smiling, patting folks on the back, acting like I was more interested than I really was, pretending I cared more than I actually did. I was playing the role of a pastor, and it was an Oscar-worthy performance. Truth be told, I was preaching not because I had something to say, but because I had to say something because it was Sunday again. That may be true for you. Maybe you're writing your sermon just because Sunday's coming and you're supposed to say something. But maybe you feel like, I've got nothing to say. I'm just faking this whole pastor thing, that I, 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 I'm smiling, I'm saying the right things, but I'm just, I just don't feel it. That's a warning sign of burnout. The next one is you can't stop dreaming about escaping. 
One pastor confessed, he said, in my lowest moments, every time I got on the interstate to go west, one exit, I'd think, what if I just kept driving? What if I didn't stop until I got to Colorado? So, so maybe you can relate. Maybe you can't stop thinking about uh, vacation. Maybe you can't stop thinking about going away. You know, uh, vacation is nice. We all want to go on vacation. We always, you know, my wife and I, we plan vacations because we always like to have something to look forward to, something to work towards. But maybe it's all you can think about. If I could just get away, this will solve my problems. If I could just escape all of this, it will solve my problems. You know, maybe you're, you're, you're finding yourself online looking for sermon illustration ideas, and then all of a sudden you're looking up vacation rentals and gawking at pictures of the Grand Tetons and day, daydreaming out just being at the beach. Um, you know, if, if, that's, if that consumes your mind, escape consumes your mind, it could be a sign of burnout. Here's the next one. You think the witness protection program would be even better than winning the Powerball? You think the witness protection program would be winning better than winning the Powerball? Now, we've heard the joke. You've probably said this before. Man, ministry would be easy if it just wasn't for the people. But maybe you actually feel that way. Maybe you would like to withdraw from people. Maybe join the, the, a monastery or something. Go off the grid. Just get away from people to be socially isolated from people. And the reality is, is we need people. We need community. Here's the deal. Here's something that a lot of pastors don't understand, but it's also something that a lot of church members don't understand. The pastor needs the church as much as the church needs the pastor. You need to be a part of a group of people who love you in spite of your flaws, who love you in spite of your weaknesses, who love you in spite of your weariness. You need to have people around you, but a sign of burnout is when you just start isolating yourself from people. You start pulling back socially. You stop spending time with the people who love you and who you love. Uh, it, this could even be your spouse or your children, um, people that you're very close to. You start pushing them away because all you want to do is get away from people. Uh, the next one is you can't rein in your brain. Now, I've, I've struggled with this. I still struggle with this a lot and, and because there's a lot going on and I have a lot going on. I struggle to turn my brain off. So, so a sign of burnout could be that you can't rein in your brain. Uh, maybe you're, you're, you're sleep deprived. You can't focus or think straight. Uh, when you're spiritually and emotionally spent, your mind begins to play funny tricks on you. Here's what one pastor said, and I can totally relate to this. He said, my experience was this. One moment, my thoughts were like a sugared up pack of first graders inside of one of those birthday party inflatable bouncy houses, running and screaming and colliding into one another. An hour later, I'd find myself in the mental equivalent of a sugar coma, lethargic, lifeless, crashed, unable to summon a simple thought. Do you feel like that sometimes? Do you feel like I my brain is like, for me, it was often when I would lay my head down at night and it was quiet and it was dark. And that was when my brain decided to say, you know what? I think it's time to get up and have a caffeine rush. Like it's time to start working now. And I couldn't shut off my brain. All I could think about was the things that I needed to do. All I could think about were the conversations that I need to have or the conversations that I have had and overthinking those conversations. Did I say the wrong thing? Did they get the wrong idea? And honestly, in the, it seems like in the middle of the night, everything is a much bigger deal than it really is. Uh, and so maybe that's you. Maybe you can't rein in your thoughts. You can't rein in your brain uh, and, and, and slow it down and, and, and let God speak to you because your brain just won't shut off. And then here's the last one. Uh, actually, two more, sorry. You feel completely out of control. 
Now, every pastor knows what control, that, that control is just an illusion. We're always in over our heads. That's why we smile when Paul asks in 2 Corinthians 3, 5, who is adequate for such things? It's why we nod when we sing the, the popular worship song that says, you call me out upon the waters, the great unknown where feet may fail. Control is really an illusion. We can't control everything. We can control some things. But the burnout that we're talking about is a different beast. Some feel it for months on end, like they're being swept up, swept down a raging river, just trying to avoid drowning, trying in vain to splat against a boulder. You feel like you're constantly just trying to keep your head above the water, and this just goes on and on and on, and there's no end in sight, and it feels like chaos and, 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 and all the time. Maybe you feel like that, and that is a sign of burnout. And then the last one is you're apathetic. You don't care much, and I think this is probably the most dangerous one of all. Here's what one pastor admitted. He said, I remember one particular staff meeting in mid-May. Our children's minister eagerly shared her summer plans for helping kids grow in their faith. Our students spoke next, one-upping her with the glowing details about mission trips and youth camps. And in that vortex of enthusiasm, here were my honest thoughts. I don't care about any of this. Now, understand it wasn't that I didn't believe my colleagues were pursuing eternally important ventures. They were planning good, God-honoring things. Personally, I just couldn't muster up any kind of excitement. I couldn't even summon the will to fake like I cared. That's when I knew I was in big trouble. Have you felt like that before? Have you felt like in, in all the celebrations that are happening around you, you just feel like, I don't care. When, when you can't celebrate the successes that people are experiencing, when you can't celebrate God moving in people's life, when you can't celebrate God moving in your life, it might be a sign of apathy, which, is, which it points to burnout. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to, to go back and listen to this podcast, or we're going we're gonna to post these 10 things on our blog as well. And I want you to, to evaluate this, just, just personally, just by yourself, go through these things and evaluate Am I experiencing these things? Just, just be completely honest with yourself. Am I experiencing these things? If you are, here, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go back and listen to the podcast right before that, before, before this one with Jack Hester, because he talks about how and why you should take a sabbatical, but he gives some practical tips on how to do it. Look, I know most of you that are listening to this, when you think about taking a sabbatical, you think it's impossible. You don't have enough staff members. Maybe you're the only staff members. You're bivocational, whatever it might be. Uh, you feel like taking a sabbatical and just getting away is just not possible. Uh, here's the reality. There is so much more at stake than you taking four weeks off. There's so much more at stake than you not preaching for four weeks. The long-term uh, effect that this is going to have on you will, will cost a whole lot more than you being gone for a few weeks from your church to, to rest, to recharge, to let God speak to you, to be refreshed. There are some practical ways that you can have somebody else step in for you uh, whether it's people in your church, whether it's other pastors that you know, maybe it's it's, it's younger guys uh, and, and that are that are in school that want to preach, maybe it's your youth minister or your children's pastor or whoever it is, there are people that can pick up the slack for a few weeks, and things might not go great. Things might uh, be a little bumpy and a little rocky, but I guarantee you, if you don't take the time, there is so much more at stake than what's there. So, so what I want you to do first 
is evaluate these 10 things, evaluate your life against these 10 things and say, am I experiencing this? If you are, you're probably on the verge of burnout. Second, I want you to go back and listen to the episode with Jack Hester, if you haven't already. And even if you have, I would go back and review it. And then here's the third thing. I want you to send this episode or the blog post to someone that you trust. And I want you to send it to them with this message. Can we get together and talk about this in the next 24 to 48 hours? And then share with them. Maybe it's somebody in your church. Maybe it's another pastor friend of yours that understands what you're dealing with. Maybe it's uh, an elder or just a mentor, somebody that you trust. Send them this episode. Send them the blog post, whatever it is, with the attached message. Can we get together and talk about this in the next 24 hours? I want to leave you with this. And, and, And Lynn wrote this at the end of this message he sent me. He said, the Scottish preacher George MacDonald said that all things are to lead us home to God. Even burnout can be a blessing if we recognize it in time, address it, and learn from it. So pastors, we're praying for you. Uh, if, you're, if you're a ministry leader, if you're a church leader, if you're a leader of any sort, uh, we are for you. And we want to encourage you. We want to provide you resources so that you can lead more effectively because we believe in the kingdom of God. And we believe what you're doing and in what you're doing for the kingdom of God, and we want to be a part of it. So let us know how we can help. That's why we exist. We exist for you. We exist so that you can do your job better, so that the kingdom of God just ignites throughout our land. So um, I'm going to end there because I could go on this forever. And, uh, and I love you guys. I appreciate your time and looking forward to seeing you on the next episode.